wish plastic pollution would magically disappear, wave your wand and everyone is buying secondhand, Alakazam! And recycling is demystified. We do. Your hosts, Oakley J. Fast, a chemical engineer, and Sarah Fuentes, a waste and recycling expert, are here to demystify the circular economy. Welcome to Trash Magic! Hi, I'm Peggy Messina. My name is Katie Rowdy Evans. I'm Sam Podgorny. I'm Sarah Fuentes, co-founder of Smart Waste. Uh, we are a startup company. We've been around since 2020. I've been in the industry over 11 years. Talking trash for the last 11 years has been amazing. In my previous life, I was a teacher, so I've been hit, kicked, punched, bit the whole nine yards, so my tolerance is pretty high up there. And I'm happy to have Sam with me today. Sam, please introduce yourself. Uh, hello, uh, I'm Sam Podgorny. I am. Uh, I work at Environmental Solutions Group as a product manager for electric vehicles, as well as uh, we're coming out with some next generation digital hardware. So as product manager, I get to sort of conduct all of the different departments, make sure everybody's on the same page about what the product is, what value it brings to our customers, what is the business case, what is the marketing strategy. Um, so really that subject matter expert that can go from engineering to the customer to, to sort of sing the praises of whatever that product is. And Sam, how long have you been in the industry? Um, I've been in the industry for um, almost 14 years with a number of different roles, but I, I always sort of say I never drove this truck or slung the trash, but I've pretty much done everything else at this point. I'm sure that there's still some gaps, but that's how it feels sometimes. Awesome. Well, I want to jump in here. In the last 14 years, I'm sure that you've endured some crazy situations in the field and in the office developing things. Tell me, what's the craziest thing you've seen in a dumpster or that you've had to get rid of? Okay, so so there's a couple of quick things that, that comes to mind. As I stated before, I'll keep some of my stories to myself, but a, a couple of funny ones. The first time I ever did a ride along in a front load truck, we went to a campground, and as soon as we started to pick up the container, the driver sort of stopped and put it down real quick. They had been raccoons that had gotten into the container, so he had to kind of like scoop them out before he could dump the trash, but it was sort of just like a very quick, what's going on? Um, so that was crazy. And then one time when I was listening to the voicemails at Waste Pro, we had to send one of our supervisors to a church's chicken, because unfortunately... Somebody had been sleeping in the front load container when it had been emptied. He went into the truck. He was fine. But when the supervisor told us that when he, when he drove by, the guy was on the stretcher, um, but he was covered in feathers. And so it was sort of like, it was, he was fine. I want to preface with it was fine, but it was sort of funny just seeing this person covered in like, you know, feathers. So anyway. You never know what you're going to find out there. Um, Isn't it the truth? I know in this industry, you you really don't. And there's we have so many uh, memorable stories. Is, is there any other memorable story that maybe you want to give us some insight to, to the inside of Sam's 14 years? Oh, God. Oh, that's such, such a lofty request. Well, one thing that I think has always stuck with me is that somebody 
told me the phrase about the waste industry, big industry, small fraternity. And I think as I've spent more and more time in this industry, which when it gets into your blood, there's, there's no getting away from it. You meet these people who have been in it for a week, <laughs> and then these people who have been in it for 50 years. And it is, it really is. There's so many people in so many different parts of our industry, but at, at the same time, going to events and, and conventions like Waste Expo, it's almost like a mini reunion. You walk around the floor and not only are you looking at what everybody else is doing, but it's like, hey man, I haven't seen you in a year and you're catching up. Or if I have a question and I need to kind of get a voice of customer on something that I need from a product perspective, you know, I've got a number of friends in the industry that I can call and be like, hey, if I were to do option A or option B, which one do you kind of feel goes better? And so that that's sort of my always go-to phrase when somebody asks me about waste is big industry, small fraternity. It is quite the family. That was very memorable when, you know, you and I first met. That was something that I think stuck out, you know, to me. And it made me feel super um, honored that the National Waste and Recycling Association Women's Council was so welcoming to um, myself into Oakley. So thank you again, Sam, for that. Now, my last and final question today is what's something that would surprise the average person about your job? You have a pretty cool job, in my opinion, and I'm very honored to have you now as my friend in my Rolodex. I think the average person should know, like, tell me something that you think the average person would be surprised about what it is that you're doing. So I'm going to I'm going to sort of focus on digital applications for a garbage truck, which is one of my passions. Obviously, electric refuse trucks is really exciting. And there's a whole nother, uh, there's probably a whole nother podcast in that one. But from a digital perspective, one thing that I've thought for a really long time is there's all of this information that can be collected and make people's lives easier. And besides a mail truck, what other vehicle goes up and down every street every week? It's a garbage truck. And so we can not only create technology that makes collecting that garbage easier, but we can also collect information that makes our communities better. In working with municipalities, I learned a lot about where they spend their money. And they may hire people to come and drive their roads so that they can assess, you know, potholes or alligator cracks or fading lines or this and that. Well, they already have vehicles that are driving up and down those roads all the time. You slap a camera on them and then you're, you're better utilizing your fleet. There are a lot of people that are thinking along these lines of how can you use the garbage truck as a roaming data center. And I think that would surprise people in sort of the ingenuity that I've found within our industry about not only making picking up the trash better, easier, safer, and all those other things. But then also, how can we leverage these vehicles that we have to collect all this other information? That right there is mind-blowing. I think the average person will be so like blown away by that there's someone out there like yourself, Sam, that is thinking about this and thinking about this for not only themselves, right? Because obviously you live in a community but they're thinking about it on their behalf for their community and for their kids and for their family. So with that being said, I have to thank you for being so um, passionate, first and foremost, about the industry, committed to this technology and to being the 
the the the one that's bringing it out to the public today and i just have to say it's so impressive to be quite candid i it's it's connections like yours that continue to make me fall in love with this industry all the time thank you so much for this opportunity i'm so excited about what you guys are doing and what you have in, in front of you. Awesome. Thank you. Hi, I'm Peggy Messinas, and I'm the vice president of the Midwest region for the National Waste and Recycling Association. And I'm also the executive director of the Women's Council of the NWRA's um, a, a subgroup. Um, the association represents the private sector waste and recycling companies that do such great work across the country. And I've been privileged to work here. I'm coming up on my 28th year this December. So I've seen a lot of changes, not only from the perspective of the industry itself, but certainly, you know, when I started out, there weren't a lot of women uh, walking the Waste Expo trade show. And now we have, have such a great foundation of, uh, of a lot of industry workers and women and professionals in the industry. It's been, you know, quite the ride. And I have been honored to represent the Midwest region on legislative and regulatory activities that our members have uh, been challenged with. And the beauty of working with an association is that competitors can sit down at the table and talk about the industry issues that they're going to be heavily regulated upon. So I, I, I am kind of there as their um, protection. Uh, certainly one of the biggest reasons why members join and companies join the association is to protect against antitrust. But we still have a vital role in deciding how uh, legislation and regulation that impacts everybody's bottom line um, is, is handled. And uh, I am always impressed with the caliber, the professionalism, and and the members who come together, knowing that they're competitors on the street, but they need to come together as an industry and uh, do what's right. So we are usually at the table. Sometimes we come up with great solutions. Uh, most of the time, we're agreeable to tr try to find a, a great environmental, uh, economically feasible solution that works for all parties. Um, but we also have to be realistic and some of these pie in the sky regulations and legislation um, bills that come our way, they're just not feasible. And so we have to walk that fine line and, and work with our legislators and elected officials to make sure that, listen, we're the professionals. We're the ones that are out there working streets every day and managing your waste and recycling. We're, we're the professionals and we know what we're doing. This is one of the things that I respect the most about you, Peggy, is the skin in the game. You know, you've been in the field, in operations, you've seen multiple sides of the industry. And I just, it, this is one of the things that inspired me to really just join and uh, learn from women like yourself that have this, this experience. So we got to know the Jews. Tell us something that you think that maybe people will think that maybe even you're lying about. <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't know if I can go that far, but I've got, I've got two stories, actually. Uh, first of all, once you join this great industry, you can never travel, you can never go on vacation without taking a detour down an alley or checking out the dumpster. And people used to think I was crazy, but I'm like, no, no, turn down here. I want to know if they're members or how are they managing the waste? And and I remember working with a colleague several years ago. We were in Newfoundland um, and we, we were 
we were on a, a, a business tour. We had these great facilities that we were going to, and, and uh, we had a couple of hours off. And so we decided that we were just going to take a, a drive through the countryside. And we ended up driving through the alleys of every single downtown area. We're like, okay, this is really sad that we're trying to figure out, but this, it's the love. It gets in your system. So that was one story. We, we still laugh about that. We, we had the time off and yet we ended up in the alley. And then the second, I think perhaps one of the most exciting, profound experiences that I've had was, uh, of course, I'm the, on the legislative and regulatory side and I'm outside of Chicago. And uh, every Christmas we would um, head into our DC office for our holiday party. And of course it was December. I'm flying out of Chicago and we are snowed in, and it's it's going to be a long day. And so I was in the airport all day, uh, and my colleagues made it to the uh, to the office, and they were in uh, training and in session planning, and then they all go to dinner, this lovely dinner that they're going to have, and and I'm still trying to get out of Chicago. And finally, my flight takes off, I land, and I get to the dinner just as the last coffee was being served after dessert. So now I'm wired. I have been en route for 12 hours and I made it, but everybody, you know, was like, okay, we're tired. We got to go to bed. So we go to this beautiful hotel, which is where we're staying, the Washington hotel. And I said, you guys have to have a scotch with me. I just have to sit down and have a drink. I mean, I, 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 I just have to have a drink. So grudgingly my, my colleagues, the guys, uh, uh, sat down with me. And, and just as we sat down at the bar to order our drink, the news bulletin broke that the Supreme Court had made the decision about who the next president of the United States was going to be based on the hanging Chad dilemma that uh, occurred uh, in the Gore versus Bush election. And I said to them, you guys, we're around the corner from the Supreme Court. We got to go. And they said, oh, we're tired. I said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. We got to go. We got to go. Go down. So we got our coats on and we hightailed it down to the Supreme Court and the paparazzi was incredible. I mean, this is, you know, this is a, the election of the, 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 the most powerful uh, uh, elected official in the world, right? And we're standing there very, you know, she-she. And we are standing in line for the decision. And, you know, that term hot off the presses, well, literally, we got the decision hot off the presses. The paper was hot. They were handing them out of the Supreme Court building. So we're feverishly working through it, trying to find out what the decision is, just as every other reporter in the world is trying to do. And uh, my colleague, Steve Shangaris, and my colleague, Mike Huff, say, you know, you know, he, they strike up a conversation with uh, Bill Press and Tucker Carlson, two, two uh, TV uh, pundits that had a crossfire host. And so they're talking. And I said, I cannot believe I, I don't have a camera. I always have a camera. And this, I'm telling you, is before cell phones. And it's, you know, where I always carried a, a, a disposable camera with me. And this lady who had a baseball hat on, and she said, honey, I'm from Texas. I got one picture left on my disposable camera, and I'd be happy to take your picture. I said, really? So my colleague said to Bill Press and Tucker Carlson and my other colleagues, you know, would you, would you pose for a picture? And they said, sure. So here we are, we're on the steps of the Supreme Court with the lights blaring and all this paparazzi and this lady from Texas in her baseball hat take the last picture and the flash goes off, which then triggers a paparazzi flash symphony. So now they're all thinking that something happened and now we're like posing. We're, you know, making sure that we're sitting there like, okay, and we're looking and we're being very, you know, very good because <laughs> we don't know where this picture is going to be. 
but we were posing and we had the decision in our hands. And that's the last time I thought about it. And I, I gave her my business card and I thought it is what it is. Well, that was December. And in March, I get this uh, manila folder, eight by 10 glossy of this picture that she had developed for it. And it is one of my prized possessions because I not only do I have the decision of the Supreme Court, but I have this incredible picture of our folks on the steps of the Supreme Court at a very impressive time in our, our country when a, a decision was made as to who the next president was. I think that will go down as one of my highlights in the 28 years. <laughs> oh my That's God. This I is... love that story. Well, I sent her because I'm from Chicago. How else do you send, uh, send a thank you, but I uh, send a deep dish Lou Malnati's pizza that was frozen <laughs> and delivered to her. Um, I don't remember her name, but I have the picture framed in my, uh, in my office. And it was, wow. uh, it was pretty incredible. Wow. Yeah, I, lo- I absolutely love that. I think that that is just an amazing, amazing story. And being a part of history is, is, is something that I think that's amazing and that we get to have this type of impact. And, you know, last but not least, Peggy, please tell us something that would surprise the average person about your job. Well, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about that. And, and I would have to say that my goal working for our members in each state is to make sure that they felt that they are the only one in the room at the time. And uh, I think it's just been recently where they realize the breadth of the workload that, that and the services that we provide. And so I'd have to say, you know, working for nine boards, which nine chapter states and each have a board and, you know, you try to make sure that they are well served. Several of them, we have lobbyists in a lot of these states and, and uh, you know, the session plans are, are during the legislative session, we go through hundreds and hundreds of bills and we take positions on them and we do a lot of great advocacy work. And then in the summer months, we try to help raise money for those advocacy issues. And I think what would be surprising to some in the 28-year history that I have run, my, my count is 83 golf outings <laughs> that I have run as fundraisers on behalf of the industry. So I would have to say that, you know, there's something that would surprise my members is that they felt that they got personalized service and uh, they were the only ones in the room. And little did they know that uh, I was juggling a lot of other things <laughs> as well, as well as the Women's Council. I mean, that's been another wonderful niche responsibility of mine since 2003. It has been an excellent growth opportunity for the Women's Council because it really started out as the spouses of those women who were working alongside their husbands and family-owned businesses. And it is, you know, developed much more into the C-suite and uh, from the customer service rep to the salesperson. And it's a great representation, a cross-representation of, of where women are within our industry now versus when in, you know, 1994, you know, we would walk through the Waste Expo and the only women that were there were the, the models who were on the diocese hawking the different trucks and things. But when we would see, you know, somebody in a business suit, at which point we were still wearing pantyhose and pearls, we would say, hey, wait a minute, you know, you must be in the industry. Let's let's talk. And so I've seen this great metamorphosis of, of women who have just earned the right to be at the table. I can't speak highly enough of the Women's Council and what it's done for the women in this industry, especially for me. Thank you. 
so much, Peggy, for all your commitment and dedication. That is so amazing to hear. I love to hear that progress of women. And in my chemical engineering class, we were 50-50, you know, so it's getting better and better every year for us. And I also have to say, I can totally relate now to having to see every dumpster in every city that I'm in. <laughs> Sarah has given me that, that curiosity. Um, so yes, it's it a, is a, it's a, it's a yeah, <laughs> it's a superpower. <laughs> I would have to say Definitely. that my, my favorite iconic um, symbols as a woman is, you know, the symbol for the ladies room with the dress. And, and it says it was never a dress and it's a cape. You know, they had, they identified <laughs> it was never addressed. It was always a cape. Peggy. I love that. Yeah, it was always a cape. Well, Peggy, thank you so much for your time. Uh, my name is Katie Rowdy Evans, and I am with Best Way Disposal. Uh, I work as the government affairs manager for the company, um, but also work on a couple other projects for the, the company, too. I have been in the industry for, it'll be 10 years now. And I literally came from no background in the waste industry um, and found Best Way, which is a full service waste management company in the Midwest. And they were looking to expand their markets into Kentucky. And I was able to help them build their D division, which is down here. Wow, that is so cool. I bet a lot of people don't know that you need government relations in the waste industry. That's really cool. And how cool to expand it to a new place. Yeah, it was a big move for them and moving south, but it's been a very fun move uh, for the company too. That's awesome. The next question we have for you is what's the craziest thing you've seen in a dumpster or had to get rid of, or what's a memorable story in your industry that you've experienced? We have candy factories down here. And so imagine getting a compactor filled with gummy bears in the summertime. That was something that was very memorable for me because you could smell the sweetness mixed with a little bit of that garbage uh, perfume too. <laughs> And for me, I absolutely adore Swedish fish. And um, now I don't have a palate like I used to for them. Um, but seeing the candy being disposed of and just thinking about why are you throwing that away? It's so good. But then it's also 90 degrees outside and it's sticking to everything. So I, uh, that's probably one of the craziest things I've seen. Wow. How did you even clean that out? That is insane. Um, the good thing is I did not clean that out. Um, we were able to move the <laughs> items pretty quickly and uh, hose off with some um, cleaning supplies too. Um, the, the best advice I've ever gotten being a mother is the best time to clean uh, something in the kitchen is actually when it's warm and not cold. And so um, with the heat in the summer, it was actually a little bit easier to get things off of it than it would have been, say, warming up in the morning in October and then getting cold in the afternoon. That makes so much sense. Oh, my God. What a crazy story. I'm sorry that you lost your appetite for Swedish fish. <laughs> okay. What's something that would surprise the average person about your job? That I still love my job as much as I did the first year I was in the industry. Um, being going on 10 years. Someone at my age, usually it's common for people to be bouncing back and forth or finding new companies. And there's just something about this industry that romances you and makes you fall in love with it. And it's very surprising now when I talk to colleagues or friends in the outside of the industry, and they can't believe I've been at a company as long as I have been, because that is just not the norm nowadays. And the more that you talk to a lot of my colleague friends or industry friends, it's actually the norm in our industry. 
um, because we love what we do and who we work for. That is so beautiful. And I completely agree. It becomes a passion that you don't even expect, right? And I'm wondering if you can also comment on the Women's Council for the National Waste and Recycling Association and kind of the community you've found there. Yes. So one of my roles at Fast Way Disposal is to represent the company with the National Waste and Recycling Association. And this coming year of 2022, I am the incoming president for the Women's Council, which is a group of women uh, that have come together. And I should say industry members have come together to focus on what we can do to advance our industry. I have fallen in love with the Women's Council because of the work that we have done. For example, given over $400,000 worth of scholarships to member companies, family members, or employees to advance their education within the industry, to um, working on different uh, projects from an internship toolkit um, to help get companies and colleges to understand how to onboard an intern who, you know, a small or mid-sized company doesn't know where to start when it comes to those relationships. Um, And then also the previous year, creating an ABC book of the waste and recycling industry. And it's a children's book and it's written from the viewpoint of a child about our industry and the way that we see our industry from front loaders to bailers to drivers and vest, um, some things that you typically don't see in children's books, but the kids are always asking questions about. And that makes me passionate about the group that we have at the Women's Council because of the work that we are doing to advance the women and um, taking a step forward in this industry that I love. So well said. And it is incredible everything that the Women's Council has done. I had to ask myself, I'm like, you're really all volunteers? This is incredible. So Thank you so much, Katie, for your time. Yes, thank you, Oakley, for this conversation. And keep up the wonderful work that you guys are doing and sharing these stories that we have. I really appreciate it. Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Smart Waste. Smart stands for Save Money and Reduce Trash. So what does Smart Waste do? We help you reach your zero waste goals. We help you be in compliance. We even take a look at downstream vendors who are handling your recycling and make sure that they're doing it in the right way. We can decrease your monthly trash bills, and we can even decommission buildings, avoiding the landfill altogether. We're basically just the experts on trash and helping you reduce your landfill waste. We believe in transparency, circularity, and people. Does your company care about the planet and want to save money on garbage hauling? Well, we'd love to talk to you. Book a free consultation at smartwasteusa.com slash meetings. That's smartwasteusa.com slash meetings.